Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 148, Prophecies Fulfilled. Okay, you've had two long ones. (laughs) Now I'm going to try and give you a short one. How's that? But it does bring some things full circle, and that is so satisfying to us, right? Last week I mentioned two Nephite dissenter groups, and what I mean by that is once upon a time, they had been part of the Nephite tradition. But more importantly than that, they had been covenant children of God. But along the way, they had taken exception to righteous living and to doctrine, and they split apart, and they hardened into their their wickedness, and they eventually found belonging with the Lamanites. Now, of those groups, there are two of them that we're going to refer to today. They're the Amalekites and the Amulonites. Now, the Amalekites, I'm sort of embarrassed to say, <laughs> I can't remember where they come from. Can you? Send me a quick email at carryatsisterscriptorians.com and let me know if you can. But, you know, after 140, how many? 148 episodes, sometimes you forget stuff. And I did look into the topical guide, and there is an Amalekai who traveled with Ammon way back in 121 BC to find the people of Zenith. Remember him? He had a group of Nephites and they left Zarahemla to go reclaim the land of their inheritance. And that was in the land of Nephi. And I don't know if his descendants then stayed and mixed. I'm not exactly sure. But the Amalekites settled among the Lamanites and they were after the order of Nehor. And they were actually really contentious with Aaron on his mission, uh, giving him a really hard time. Uh, mistreating him and actually even saying to Aaron that there is no God. So they were further in darkness than even the Lamanites were because at least the Lamanites believed that there was a great spirit that had been passed down in their tradition. And do you remember the little tidbit that Mormon preserved for us? After all of the conversions were accounted for, it was noticed that there was only one Amalekite found who had converted and become an anti-Nephi-Lehi. But that's better than our second group, because among them there were none, (laughs) and they were called the Amulonites. Now the Amulonites were the descendants of the priests of Noah. Do you remember them? And it's fascinating how this relationship with the Lamanites goes down. Remember how the priests of Noah fled after the Nephites began to turn on King Noah, refusing to continue to flee with him because he had told them to leave their families while the Lamanites were falling upon the people back at home. And he had told them to go flee with him into the wilderness. And finally they had had enough and they put Noah to death by fire. And then when they turned their sights upon the Noah's wicked priests, those priests fled and they hid themselves into the wilderness. Now they hid themselves for quite some time, knowing that the Nephites were enslaved by the Lamanites back at home. This didn't even draw them out. And they had even captured some of the Lamanite daughters who had gathered in the wilderness. They had captured them and made them their wives. And this action actually created a lot of affliction for the Nephites because the people who are now under King Limhi 
were then attacked by the Lamanites because the Lamanites assumed that it had been the Nephites there that had taken their daughters. Eventually, the Lamanites find Amulon and very cunningly, he sends the Lamanite daughters out to plead with the Lamanite army to not hurt the priests because now the priests are their husbands. So Amulon and his brethren are allowed to join the Lamanite army and they're traveling back and lo and behold, who do they fall upon? They find the land of Helam where the people of Alma have relocated. Remember, they relocated there to escape Noah and the priests. And ironically, Amulon is placed as king over the people of Alma. And isn't that amazing how quickly the Lamanite king forgot his transgression against them? Where was the justice, right? You know, I I guess the teachings that Amulon and these priests were giving the Lamanites were valued. I don't know. I, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. But while he is king over Alma, he remembers Alma. He knows who Alma is. He knows that Alma was the one that had believed Abinadi's words. And Amulon persecutes these people. And he places great burdens upon them. And he threatens them with death if they're caught praying to God. Now, something we need to make really clear when we're talking about the Amulonites is who are the descendants of Amulon? Who is it highlighting? These descendants of Amulon, these Amulonites, are not, as far as we know, directly from the people of Nephi. And what I mean by that is the people who stayed in the land of Nephi, who were King Limhi's people, and who were eventually led to Zarahemla. Those children of the priests of Noah actually denounced their fathers and took upon themselves the name of Nephite and aligned themselves with the Nephites. Now, that's not to say that one of them didn't splinter off from the Nephites, but we just don't have a big group of them dissenting. But I'm thinking that these descendants are the ones that the priests formed with their new wives, with their Lamanite wives. And in these 50 years that they have grown hardened, I mean, imagine like their father is setting the example of if you cry unto God, you'll be put to death, right? And so hardened had they become that none of these descendants converted to the preachings of Ammon and his brethren, and none converted when they fell upon the anti-Nephi-Lehi's and slayed a thousand and five souls. That scene had no impact upon them. It didn't soften their heart one iota. They were vicious, and both groups of dissenters were instrumental in stirring the Lamanites up to anger and, and causing murderous action. In fact, Mormon, in his capturing for us this, what's the good word to use? Tragedy? I don't know. Horror? He gives us some wisdom in the form of a warning. He first informs us that the greatest number of those Lamanites who slew so many of the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, it didn't come from the descendants of Laman and Lemuel. It came from the Amalekites and the Amulonites, and they were after the order of Nehor. By their fruits ye shall know them, right? I can't tell you how often that wisdom from Jesus Christ has helped me in my discernment. Next, he tells us that only descendants of Laman and Lemuel 
joined the people of anti-Nephi-Lehi after that first slaughter. And then he gives us wisdom and a warning as to why. And here are his words. I'm not going to even sum them up. Here they are. And thus we can plainly discern that after a people have been once enlightened by the Spirit of God and have had great knowledge of things pertaining to righteousness and then have fallen away into sin and transgression, they become more hardened and thus their state becomes worse than though they had never known these things. And that is a sobering warning. Now, way back when the priests of Noah carried out their punishment against Abinadi for boldly testifying against their wickedness and the corruption of God's laws, Abinadi gave a warning. He prophesied that one day their seed would cause many to be put to death. They would do it in the like manner as Abinadi was being put to death by fire, and that they would then be scattered abroad and slain. And I don't know, this prophecy probably felt unmet. I wonder how many people even remembered it, because it took around 75 years to come to fruition. But as always, it's up to the Lord's timing. And as always, His words are fulfilled. In fact, at least four prophecies are fulfilled in chapter 25 of Alma. The first one has to do with the people of Ammonihah. Remember how their destruction was prophesied? We've already studied to great lengths about these people, but we never knew why the Lamanites all of a sudden came up with such ferociousness and completely demolished the people. The Lamanites came upon these Nephites, who we might as well call dissenters as well, because that's what they were. But the Lamanites came up with such ferociousness because they were so angry at what had just occurred with the anti-Nephi-Lehi's that they blamed the Nephites and they went and destroyed Ammonihah. And so quickly did they do this that the Nephites didn't even have time to like gather up a resistance right away. And after demolishing the city in the 11th year of the reign of the Nephite judges, the Lamanites are driven and slain them by the Nephites because now they have gathered their wits about them. And they're coming actually to rescue those Nephites that had been taken captive by the Lamanites out of other parts of the land, not out of Ammonihah, because all of them had been destroyed. And out of the number who died between the Nephites and the Lamanites, almost all of the seed of Amulon and his brethren were killed. And then those that remained actually fled into the wilderness. And it's there that they usurped power and authority over the Lamanites. And why did they do this? They started to cause the Lamanites to perish by fire, which is what Abinadi prophesied. But why? Why are they doing this? It's because finally this group of Lamanites, it's then when they began to have a change of heart after suffering so much loss and experiencing so much affliction, probably exhausting themselves after they raged against the Nephites for what the Lamanites had actually done to their pacifist, God-loving brethren. You see, they're, they're looking at the Nephites as a scapegoat, as someone to blame for their own actions. They began then to remember Aaron's words to them. Because Aaron was the one who went and did his mission among them, remember? That's where he initially went. And they began to believe that perhaps their traditions were wicked. 
and perhaps God was protecting the Nephites with great power. It's here that we see that the great pains and sorrow of our lives, that it can actually have a purpose in regards to our eternal salvation, that it can actually lead us to draw unto God in a very powerful and sobering way. But because of their belief, the remaining Amulonites set the Lamanites on fire and put them to death, just like Abinadi had prophesied. For he had said, What ye shall do unto me shall be a type of things to come. Now the rest of the Lamanites didn't just sit back and watch, but there began to be a great contention right there in the wilderness. And these Lamanites began to hunt down the seed of Amulon and slay them. And though they fled, the Lamanites pursued them, hunting them like scattered sheep without a shepherd, just like Abinadi had said. And because of these horrific events, more Lamanites returned and buried their weapons of war, and they underwent the process of repentance so that they too could become righteous and walk in the ways of the Lord. Which then answered the revelation that King Mosiah received regarding the mission of his sons initially. The Lord told Mosiah, let them go, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life, and I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. Who would have guessed that when the Lord said many, that that would actually mean thousands of Lamanites? The final prophecy is more like a priesthood blessing coming to fruition. Remember how Father Lehi placing his hands upon the heads of his grandchildren and extending a blessing of protection with a promise. Remember in 2 Nephi chapter 3, so way back then, he said, But behold, my sons and my daughters, I cannot go down to my grave, save I should leave a blessing upon you. For behold, I know that if ye are brought up in the way ye should go, ye will not depart from it. Wherefore, if ye are cursed, behold, I leave my blessing upon you, that the cursing may be taken from you and be answered upon the heads of your parents. Wherefore, because of my blessing, the Lord God will not suffer that ye shall perish. Wherefore, he will be merciful unto you and unto your seed forever. Lehi was right. He had faith in the power of God's words that if his grandchildren should be brought up in the way, or in other words, if they should learn the truth, they wouldn't depart from it. And this blessing of assurance and protection, it did come to pass hundreds of years later, but it was fulfilled every whit. From this priesthood blessing finally being answered hundreds of years later, and then along with the other two prophecies and the revelation given to King Mosiah, we see how the Lord is capable of fulfilling his words in his own due time, right? When enough time has been given for repentance, and even when we have unfortunately sealed our own fate with our wickedness, where we see those examples, especially in the people of Ammonihah or in the Amulonites, the Lord will follow through with his word. We also see that the Lord is merciful in supporting the words of his servants. He followed through on Lehi's words, on Abinadi's words, and on Alma's words, and then on a father's 
faith in a revelation that he received, giving mercy when needed, and destruction when enough was enough. We also learn he isn't a respecter of persons. If you choose him and align yourself with him, that is enough. You are his, and he is there for you. It didn't matter what their heritage was, whether they were in the Nephite box or the Lamanite box. It didn't matter. Wickedness removed the Spirit of the Lord out of their midst when they were wicked. But repentance and then righteousness welcome the Spirit back in in a miraculous way. We learn that God's ways aren't our ways. <laughs> never, never could I orchestrate the plan on how the Lamanites would be converted. <laughs> we humans are always looking how we can have everything work out without a mess or without any hiccups, just tied up neatly in a neat package with a pretty bow, right? But we learn from these scriptures that that is not the way that the Lord works. Even though he works perfectly, his perfect ways are not necessarily neat and straight lines, are they? Who would have guessed that after ferociously killing their brethren, that more Lamanites would be converted? And then more are converted after raging on the Nephites. And then even more would be converted after observing the wickedness of the Amulonites. That would not have been my plan. Finally, we learn from these prophecies being fulfilled that the atonement of Jesus Christ is available to us to make us whole if we use our agency and to make change And finally, we learn from these prophecies that the atonement of Jesus Christ is available to us to make us whole if we use our agency to repent and make the change that's necessary, that we can come out of the darkness and into the light once more, that we can have unbelief and lies replaced with faith and truth, just like the posterity of the priests of Noah. They were abandoned by their father and had to endure the hardships that their Lamanite taskmasters placed upon them because, often, because of their father's actions. But their faith permitted them to be miraculously led out of the land of Nephi to the city of Zarahemla. Their faith protected them from the prophecy of Abinadi's upon their father's posterity. They didn't have to suffer it. Just like the people who were cast out of the city of Ammonihah, though they suffered terrible affliction, the worst, even having their wives and their children burned for their faith. Their faith protected them from the destruction that Ammonihah would face, right? Their faith removed them to safety. And finally, just like the converts of the Lamanites, Whether you were in the first wave or the third or the fourth, the atonement of Jesus Christ healed you to the degree in which you allowed it. And we know that they fully allowed it. And then they never faltered. Sisters, keep believing in the word of God. He is true and he speaks of things eternal, which is sometimes difficult for us mortals to understand and comprehend. But don't allow that to sow seeds of doubt within you. Instead, double down on your faith by studying these chapters until they're a part of your DNA. Make a special neural pathway that you go to and utilize when doubt does start to creep up. 
and create an image of these faithful people and the prophecies being fulfilled. I encourage you to look forward to the progress that your faith is leading you towards right now. And remember that all of these takeaways about God and these fulfillments are just as true for you as they were for these Nephites and these Lamanites.